How blessed I am to be a deacon intern at St. Stephen's. It is hard to believe that I have been here almost five months, and it has been fruitful and grace-filled. At the center of everything that we do in St. Stephen's is worship. What is it that is so powerful about worship? What draws us here today? I was reflecting on this question as I prayed over today's gospel from St. Mark, where Jesus is comparing our outward acts with the secret thoughts of our hearts. I would say that worship is so powerful because it is the one place I can come and be completely open and honest before God. Here we do not need to pretend. Before God, as I look at God and God looks at me, I can be who I most truly am. As we say in that opening prayer, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Our lessons today are centered around rituals. All of us have rituals that we remember and cherish. Some are simple habits. Others are beloved and precious because they are tied to memories of love and affection. A few, like the Eucharist, are holy. Those that are mere habits may be easily forgotten or ignored. But those that are enveloped in memories of love and sacredness are indispensable. Does anyone know a child that wants to see the same movie over and over again? This is their ritual. And the smiles on the faces of parishioners when they come and hear a familiar hymn on a Sunday. When Jesus is encountering the Pharisees and scribes, he is talking to people who know pretty much everything there is to know about the rules of being faithful. They have studied it more intensely than anyone else. They have developed systems of religious rules and regulations with rules for things like when to wash your hands, when to pray, what to wear, all kinds of rules for how to remain pure and unstained by the world. And they have done it with the best of intentions. They generally want to honor God. But on focusing on the rules, instead of on, on the intent behind them, Jesus tells them, that they have missed the point. In their pride at knowing and following the rules, they have overlooked the whole point of the law in the first place, which is to show honor to God and to form community with our neighbor in ways that shape and transform not only us, but them as well. The letter of James warns us that we are to be doers of the word and not only hearers. 
James has some definite ideas of what it takes to live a Christian life. But perhaps we shouldn't hear James's word as only a demand, an admonition. The command to give to those in need is also an invitation, a gift even. I have witnessed the people of St. Stephen's living the word of God and passing it on, making a difference in the people and the community. For example, the fellowship and joy, preparing and serving the Bridgeport dinners, and the smiles on the faces of the guests who eat the food. Last spring, I enjoyed my first community dinner and experienced the connection of bringing the people of Ridgefield together for food and conversation and the ripple effect of raising the funds to help feed those less fortunate. The Nutmeg Festival, a lot of hard work and a lot of joy. I baked my first pie. I helped the team of scouts. Kids and adults put together the post office, pantry, and cookie monster stands. Everyone working hard and having a good time. I volunteered in the art gallery and grew in appreciation, not only in learning about Richfield's artists, but also about the people who made the event possible by gathering, exhibiting, pricing, and selling the art pieces. I could go on and on, but I think that you're getting the picture. For the worship of God to have any meaning at all, it has to be put into practice in the world. This time together each week is not the pinnacle of our Christian life, and it is not the sum of it. This hour is when we learn the vocabulary of the word, and then we are sent out to practice in our world, to speak with our lives, in our families, in our vocation, to strangers, however imperfectly and stumbling. The opening of today's psalm asks the Lord, who may dwell in your tabernacle, who may abide upon your holy hill? Today's lesson states every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we may become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Scripture says, that God is endlessly involved in active, intimate love with us. Scripture affirms our search for the Holy One who is even closer to us than we are to ourselves. We are created, Paul says, for the very purpose of seeking God. If you seek me with all your heart, God says through Jeremiah, I will let you find me. The paradox is echoed and refined in the words of the great contemplatives. They say that spiritual formation, 
the process of deepening our conscious, responsive relationship with God is really the work of God within us. It is already happening. It has been since before we were born, and nothing will stop it. Yet, it also involves our willingness, our consent. In the freedom of our choosing, we say yes to a relationship that already exists, and we join in its process of deepening. So how do we go about searching for the one who is already with us? I am convinced that the most important thing we can do is simply to claim our care, to feel our desire to know and love God. It is in the process of caring we seek some appreciation of how God is already happening within us. What has been going on all along beneath our resistances and compulsions? What are simply the ways in which we most naturally experience love and truth and light? What is there already within us that we can most deeply affirm and appreciate? Then, with our eyes on this light, instead of on our own self-judged deficiencies and failures, we can follow God's lead toward growing fulfillment of the two great commandments. Every single generous act, no matter how small, every time we curb our tongues or slow down our immediate angry response. Every time we exhibit loving actions toward those marginalized in any way, we become more and more what God is transforming us into. It's not about rules. It's about connecting with God and with our neighbor and putting love into practice Take just a moment as we come to the close and picture one situation this week where you can put into practice the love that God has shown you. Rehearse in your mind what you could say or do that would show God's love. It doesn't have to involve heroic actions, even the simplest act practiced over and over again will change your heart and will change your neighbor. You just have to start speaking with your life. I will end with a quote from Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was a lay brother in a Carmelite monastery in Paris in the late 1600s. For Brother Lawrence, common business no matter how mundane or routine, could be a medium of God's love. He wrote, We ought not to be weary of doing little things for the love of God, who regards not the greatness of the work, but with the love with which it is performed. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>